Who says you have to be a millionaire to be called successful? <laughs> when our guest said that during our conversation, I immediately thought, I have to start with that one in this episode. <laughs> and that came from someone who I think can become a millionaire if she wanted to. Want to know more? Let's go. Welcome back to the Possibility Show. And yes, who says you have to be a, a millionaire or even a billionaire so that you can be called successful? Ugh, I just love that question. I had to repeat that again. So in this episode, our guest is someone who has created a very successful niche for herself, which is in the knitting and crochet um, industry. You know, a lot of people could call her knitting teacher, knitting person, uh, amigurumi artist, or even an unlicensed therapist. That's what she said. But, you know, I call just call her Betsy. Uh, and silently, I call her the knitting queen. <laughs> and yeah, and she has shared all, you know, her stories and her learnings through her journey, through her entrepreneurial and teaching journey. So please do enjoy this very, very interesting conversation with Miss Betsy To. Hi, Betsy. Hello. Morning. <laughs> Long time no see. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so um, today I'm very, very happy and very mm. grateful to be talking to someone I met serendipitously. And uh, <laughs> yeah, many years ago, while yeah. I was still working in an uh, investment uh, company, yeah. and they are uh, our one of our investors, uh, she and her husband Edward. And after that, we have uh, created kind of like a symbiotic relationship. I can say, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. uh, so, so a uh, few things like. Um, very grateful that uh, she trusted to send her daughter to our art school. Mm-hmm. That's one. And then, of course, uh, Edward also, we had some uh, thing with trading. Uh, then uh, she was interested in homeschooling, so I recommended mm-hmm. some stuff for her as well. But overall, a lot, a lot of things that are you know, entrepreneurial and art, art-based. But quite different, I would say. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's different. So we will yeah. we will know more about her in this episode. So first, Betsy, uh, so that the listeners can imagine who you are, um, can you introduce yourself? Okay, uh, I'm Betsy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I run a knitting and crochet studio, and. Um, I've been called many names. <laughs> People call me knitting teacher, the knitting person, the knitting lady, the army grooming artist. Um, some even call me the uh, unlicensed therapist. <laughs> wow. <laughs> among, okay. my, among many things. Okay. Yeah. So um, for myself, I've never seen myself as a businesswoman, business person, because for the longest time, my studio works pretty much like on a freelance basis mm-hmm. so I'm pretty much the main teacher and yeah. the main artist mm-hmm. um, but I always see Naughty Bixie as the biggest ongoing 
community-based project that I've ever engaged myself in, mm-hmm. and it's still going. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I, I see it as a journey more yeah. than a business. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. And then, um, so you describe yourself as a solopreneur. So that's, that's <laughs> yeah, I that, guess. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's the term mm. that uh, some people use actually. So mm-hmm. you're running your own business by yourself. Yeah. Uh, mm. And so, how long have you been doing uh, Naughty Bixie? Uh, next week, we celebrate 13. 13 yeah. years? Yes. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, wow. quite an amazing journey, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's an amazing feat. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so, yeah, so this is what you, be, you are doing. So, I'm interested to, to know how, how you got into that. Were you, um, did you study art and... You know, what, what's the, your background basically? Um, my background is in the art. Yeah. Uh, I was trained in fine arts uh, under NTU NIE. Mm-hmm. So it was a five, five years course uh, where I did my honors as well. So uh, it's, it, even the five years was interesting. When I joined NIE, NTU NIE, I just NTU knew NIE, National National Technological University. Technological University, NIE. And, and NIE is National Institution of Education. Institution of Education. Yeah. Okay. So I joined that course knowing for sure that I wanted to be a teacher. That's mm. it. And when I had to choose my course, um, I'm pretty much of a jack-of-all-trade kind of person. So growing up throughout my years, I, I'm good in my math, my science, my languages is the link, weakest link for me, but I did all right. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, the art, I'm always good at it because I'm very interested in it. So... Uh, Interesting thing is when I was in secondary school, I was a pure science student. Going to JC, I was a commerce student. Commerce? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yet, when I went to uni, I was an art, art student. student. Yeah. So, uh, jack of all trade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, when I had to choose a subject to teach, I was in a dilemma. Mm. I was even open to teaching mother tongue, which was Chinese, because I did higher Chinese when I was in JC. Wow. So you see, it, it's very strange. It's like as if I, could, I had a whole uh, candy store to choose from yeah. and I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Uh, but I've always been strong in math, so I wanted to do math. Um, so my first choice was math and art. Yeah. The only thing I did not do when I was in JC was art. Yeah. And I felt... Uh, I, I'm a late groomer. I was a very rebellious teenager during my JC years, 17, 18 years old. Um, so I always thought it's because I didn't do art. That's why I was unhappy. Yeah, that's how I thought. Um, so I knew I wanted art, but I didn't know why I won the second one because I needed to choose two. So I wanted to choose math, and then my seniors told me that math is really taxing income in terms of the curriculum, and so is art because it's studio-based. And we were doing both degree and diploma concurrently. So to give you a bigger, a better picture, at year one, I had nine modules to cover every term. Nine, yeah. and, and normally? Uh, normally, I would say five or six for engineering course. Wow. Yeah. So it's really demanding. Yeah. So my seniors advised me not to take math and art and maybe something else. And then somehow, one senior told me that, hey, actually, history and art is a very good combination. Because when you are doing history, you are doing art history, so it's complement each other. Even though I'm not a history person, why not? Like (laughs) I said, I'm open to anything. (laughs) So that's what I did. Yeah. So the funny thing is, um, I did well in history too. But with the four years of 
degree, I realized that I didn't like history. Okay. Simply because I hated war history. Mm. And for secondary school education, it's pretty much on war history. War, yeah. yeah, which is not what I like. Yeah. So that's why I was trying very hard to go into full art. Yeah. Mm. So that was my education. And then even doing art was a roller coaster because, like I said, I'm jack of all trades. So in year one and year two, um, it was just, yeah, I'm an above average student, but never fantastic. And then at year three, I met two lecturers who are very inspiring. So they are very frustrated with me because they feel that they see potential, but something's holding me back. Mm. So they try very hard to brainwash me in a way to say that you are not here to be an art teacher, but you are here in this degree course to learn to be an artist. Yeah. So to them, it's two different things. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. So the two of them was um, fantastic. They brought me to art exhibition. They brought me around meeting friends, artist friends, joining some art project on a voluntary basis, and just to just to join in, just to be in the scene. Yeah. So slowly, slowly from there, I found myself. Hey, I can do art. <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. In the past, when I did NIE art, was more like oh, I learned how to draw, I learned how to paint, I learned how to do sculpture, ceramic, so that I can go out to the school and I teach my secondary school kids. That was the intention. But after meeting them, by year four, the whole mindset is very different. I feel that um, it's a form of expression, mm. that I can do things and make things happen. So uh, eventually when I joined the school in teaching, I found myself using this um, direction, even in my history teaching. So my history lesson is always very different. I seldom cover the textbook. Mm. I always tell my students, textbooks for you to read. And if you have any question, you ask me. Yeah. So my job as a teacher is to help you understand the context of things so that when the question comes in, you know how to answer. Yes. Yeah. So one very drastic example to give you when I was teaching uh, World War II. So it was an observation lesson. So my RO had to come in and observe the class. It was a lesson on Hitler. So not known to many, but now my students all know. <laughs> I introduced Hitler not as a Nazi's, um, you know, yeah, world war terrorist. Yeah, 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 yeah. I actually taught everything about his pre-war experience as a watercolor artist. Never Ooh, knew, right? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. He was a very boring, almost boring, romantic watercolor. He, he painted landscapes mm. of Germany. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he he's never famous. Then he only sold a few postcards and posters. That's all. Yeah. So I used that to get the kids interested in Hitler so that they will find out and read more about Hitler. Mm. So it was controversy because the whole lesson seems to illustrate Hitler in a rather positive light. Mm. Yeah. But to me, I wanted the students to understand that no one is born bad or good. True. Things happen. That's true. That mold us into somebody. I and love that. Yeah. Yeah, I and that. I think history is about that. And yeah, it's yeah. not about dates and what happened, who killed who, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so that was how I positioned myself. Mm. So my RO was a bit disturbed. <laughs> to him, you cannot say he is a good guy, you know? <laughs> I said, yeah, I yeah, never yeah. said that. You should, yeah. you should be somewhat evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, I never said that he's a good guy. <laughs> I said that he's a victim of his time. Who mm. stopped? Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, yeah, so that was it. So, but uh, having said that, I'm still not interested in history. Mm. Yeah. Even my recent Russia trip, I didn't think I could enjoy the sightseeing simply because it's uh, full of war history. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, 
I find myself always interested in humanitarian. I mean, in humanity, sorry. So I'm always interested in human being. So before NIE, one of my choice was actually sociology. Yeah, no. but, I, yeah but I, I know sociology is loads of reading. And I'm not a reader. <laughs> I'm more hands-on. I need to make things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I thought art is a good thing for me. So that's why. I Something like that. very interesting that I that I picked up from your sharing. So, um, you said these two lecturers. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you still remember the name? Yeah. Uh, one is uh, Colin Rainey. Mm-hmm. And the other one is Gilapon. Okay. Yeah. So they made this very interesting observation mm-hmm. uh, on you, and which. I would think changed your path in life. Yeah, pretty much. And and so my my I'm curious like what did they see? Did they ever tell you like, you know, what what's that thing they made made them think, okay, you're an artist, not an art teacher. I we, we never had this conversation. Yeah. So I don't think I I ever heard from them what they see in me. Yeah. But what's different from them uh, from the other lecturers is that when they come to class, or rather outside class, whenever we had chance for coffees and all that, they like to throw me things that make me very curious and very interested. Somehow mm. they knew. They pressed all the right buttons. Mm. They were telling me, like, hey, there's this movie screening, you know? Yeah. yeah. Where, where, where? Shall we go together? Or they'll say, hey, there's this performance art thing, you know? I'm going there for the opening. You join me? You know, that kind of thing. Somehow they were pushing all the right buttons and make me want to go. <laughs> Even though they are my lecturer. I mean, coming from my background, I'm usually a very... Um, uh, I'm not the... I'm not a social butterfly kind of person. Yeah. So to me, teacher is teacher, student is student. I'm always very studious. Mm-hmm. So year three was a turning point for me because I found myself became, becoming friends with these two lecturers who are much older than me. And we can talk openly. I even became friends with one of her, one of my lecturer's wife. So mm. we literally had Ellie McBeal night every week. Oh, Ellie McBeal. <laughs> that kind oh, of thing. Sure. Yeah. Okay, nice. So it, it's very different. Those, those few years uh, with them, my life was pretty much different. I, I, I grew up very Asian, very Chinese. Everything must be prim and proper. I must greet my teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but those two years were a bit different. So I guess it wasn't like a... Uh, Outwardly spoken kind of uh, rules or whatever, but it's somehow the dynamism just happened. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And another thing that uh, made me curious was that uh, you were like you had things like, for example, history. You said you didn't like history, but you did well. You, you yeah. mentioned that, and then <laughs> um, you were also mentioning that you are jack of all trades. You did this, did this, mm-hmm. and then you keep doing well. So, um, so are you are you like that really like you wanna do the best that you can in what you're doing currently? Mm, it became more obvious to me after I started Naughty Big C and Naughty Big C became more stable. Mm. That um, perhaps I'm actually even though I'm Oriental, I'm Asian, uh, I'm obliging. Uh, <laughs> that kind of typical yeah, stereotype but typical Asian yeah. um, deep down I can be I'm actually a very proud person I take pride in whatever I do and I get I get the kick when I do well in anything mm. 
Yeah, even though I know this is not my arena, I can't do it. Yeah, yeah. I was if I attend a course or attend a class, I'll set a target. I make sure I hit the target. Mm. I'm that kind of person. Mm. So, uh, even though I know this is not for me, but I must hit the target, and then I just leave it as part of one of the chapters in my life. Mm. Yeah, and I'll never touch it again. Mm. Actually, interestingly, the investment was one of the thing. Uh, I'm never a very money uh, oriented kind of person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but I feel that money is important too. Yep. Yeah. It is, yeah. Yes. We live in a society that, yeah. We, we need to live, yeah. yeah, yeah. Correct, so that's, it's not a dirty word. Correct. It's something that I need to know. So I went to sign up for the course. Correct. And my motivation was by the end of two years, I must earn back my course fee, which was expensive to me. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so some basic things. So that was my target setting. So once I've tried that, played with that, and I hit my target, I move on. Then so that's it. yeah, and you know I was in property for two years. Yeah, so yeah, similarly, yeah. taking the property course, getting the license was not cheap as well. Yeah. And then so I told myself I must get the two level incentive to earn back the bonus, and that's it. And I did that in one year. So happily, I said, okay, I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm yeah. gonna cross that. I guess I was gonna ask about that. Okay. Yeah. So 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 that's me. So I think I'm more like um, I love life experience. Like I told you, I like humans. Yeah. So to me, through all these experiences, I get to meet people of all sorts. So that's the most exciting part. Mm. I get to see different people with different mindset and different vibes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's exciting to me. Yeah. Yeah. To know that you know we coexist in such a dynamic world. Yeah. Mm. And it, it was there any time that uh, you you weren't able to hit your target? Uh, of course, of course. Oh, okay. Then, then how, I mean, how did you feel about that? Uh, I shouldn't say not hit my target, but more like um, the journey and the end result is not really quite what I you expected. expected. Yeah. So I always think that uh, the property part was one aspect. Mm. Yeah. I always like. Um, I always thought I liked the property world. Mm. Yeah. Then, but having joined as a property agent, I realized that uh, property world is so frustrating for me because agents are middlemen. Yeah. I make no call. I have no say. Mm. Yeah. So everything I'm like stuck in between, waiting for things to happen. It's always waiting and waiting. To me, it's something so straightforward. Come on, you either say yes or you say no, <laughs> right? Like for example, when a tenant asks for something from the landlord, come on, landlord, yes or no, full yeah, stop, yeah, right? Yeah. And we move on. But some people just like to play games and buy time and all that. So that part was really, really frustrating for me. And things when then and when things don't move, I get very frustrated. And then worse still, your client call you up and scold you for not moving things when. Hello, it's not my property. <laughs> if it's mine, I already told you what to do, right? Yeah, so this, this, this thing was so frustrating for me. I couldn't wait for my so-called, uh, my target setting to be over, ah, yeah, in a way. Yeah, so, so uh, when that happened, I told myself, yeah, yeah, okay, I admit that this is not my cup of tea. Mm. This is not for me, so I have to put a firm footing to let it go. Yeah. So in fact, I did not let go immediately because the second year, although I was not uh, practicing, I renewed my license. Mm. I went to clock my hours and I do yeah, my training yeah, yeah. and we I paid for the license. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 okay. yeah. yeah. 
And then a lot of people still ask me, ah, you still doing property? Uh, uh, no. Then people ask me, oh, I have a room to rent, can you help me? Uh, I'm, uh, no time. <laughs> 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 then after one, of your, one year of that, then I ask myself, why am I holding on to something that I knew I'm not going to do anymore? Yeah, simply because of that uh, cost fee, that license? Yeah. No, la. I mean, forget it. Yeah, so if anything, I knew at least moving on from there, my own property move, I'll be able to help myself. That's mm. good enough. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I don't need the license. So that's when I decided, okay, enough is enough. So I stopped renewing it. Mm. So that's the end of chapter of my property. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, yeah. I, and I can totally relate to that because mm. I, I, I had a mm-hmm. license as well. And, and um, at some point, I decided I uh, just have to... I guess I was doing a lot of things as well. So I was mm. running businesses, my own businesses. And then I was doing that. Uh, real estate uh, thing and then at some point I thought some, I had to give up something mm. and you're, you're right like I was holding to that license and mm. I was renewing and paying it like uh, close to like 800 something like that almost there yeah, with year, the cost year, and all that year, 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 uh, yeah. mm. and so um, like a maintenance fee and, and then uh, I thought why would I pay that and, and I'm not actually doing anything yeah. you know, for that so, so then I just decided okay to stop that and then right after I stopped that then I met people and then uh, they say oh you're previously a oh but I cannot I already given up my oh why did you give up you just you know renew it and mm. like oh, why would I do that so mm. so I can totally relate to that story yeah <laughs> mm. yeah I mean it, again it's about human nature you know it's like um, because many people told me that the license is not easy to get Mm. I got it in one shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I, I had good customers immediately after I got my license. In fact, I had customers, I had clients even before I got my license. So I had to park myself under my manager. Mm. So I, I gave her partial of my commission so that I could still earn a bit of commission even though I wasn't a licensed agent yet. Yeah, so things were moving well for me. But it's just not what I want to do. And I just cannot live with that. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. So what if it's good money? You know, yeah. I'm not happy. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's exactly the same when I left teaching. I was doing so well just before I quit my job. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I was um, I was supposed to be promoted to the HOD the following year. But the frustrating thing is, I've been telling them all my years that I do not want to be a HOD, mm. head of department. I just want to teach. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Uh, but they say, oh, with your potential, with your performance, it's a waste. You need to go up the ladder to plan the thing and all that. But I don't like to plan. <laughs> <laughs> but they are not listening. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's when I decided enough is enough. I knew what I didn't want. I knew what I needed to do and I do it. Mm. Mm. I, I love yeah. that you share that. And it's, yeah. and it's one thing that is really you know our this corporate culture like if you're mm. good then we have to promote you mm. and I can remember one of my um, uh, classmates in, in, in secondary school we mm. call it in Philippines high school <laughs> and just mm. like the Americans so um, he, he went and worked in this uh, manufacturing company and then he was very good technically mm. and so um, he was working in the company for several years and then they thought, hey, since you're very good, you should be a manager, mm. you know? You should be, you know, uh, helping other people out, you know? 
And so he became a manager, and then right after that first year, he was miserable. Mm, exactly. <laughs> he was very miserable. And, yeah. and, 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 and yeah, you, you're mm. telling the same story. And so it really makes me think, like, if we are good at something and we love doing that, right? And then isn't that enough? Mm. Right? Yeah, it is. So, yeah, I love that. I love that story. Mm. So Yeah. Yeah. Because very often... Uh, I think in life, okay, if we talk about money, the practical things of life, money, um, I believe that if you are truly good at something and you are truly happy doing it, money will come. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody says you need to be a millionaire to be successful. Mm. Nobody says you need to be a billionaire to be successful. Yeah. 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 So I think the definition of success is um, the part that defines us. Yeah. Because to me, Monetary, financially wise, I, I will not brag about it. Yeah, you and I know I'm in an industry that's really niche. Mm. So uh, no surprise that I'm not a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no surprise that my husband's still holding on to a full-time job. Yeah. So, um, but to me, I define my success um, in a sense that I'm able to have a little space on my own that I can do the shape and mold the kind of space I want exactly yeah. the way I envision it. And at the same time, my family, my husband, my daughter can be part of this vision. And they are very involved in my work as well, as much as I'm very involved in whatever they're doing. Mm. Yeah, so uh, I give thanks to having founded Naughty Pixie so I could homeschool my girl. Mm. And she's so pretty much like a mascot of my business. (laughs) (laughs) Really, I have new customer coming in. First thing they ask is, where's Edda? I'm like, (laughs) 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 you're here to knit, not to meet Edda. (laughs) She's a wonderful kid. She's a wonderful kid. So, yeah. So, so to me, this is successful because I'm a full-time working mother who is so involved in her in her early years yeah. of life yeah. growing up and she knows exactly what I do and vice versa and she yeah. she's being part of it I saw that at one point she was teaching other kids as well yes that's right yeah, yeah. so um, I, I, I hope that she grows up realizing how fortunate she is because she gets a she get the kind of exposure that no other kids would have. Yeah. It's so different from, oh, I work in an office, I bring my kid to work. It's very different. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. no way a kid can be involved in a parent's job. Mm. But for her, she was so involved. When we had a cafe, she was, she was literally my barista <laughs> at six years old. She was making drinks. Yeah. She was coming out with new recipe. And my, of course, my students are very adventurous and game enough to be her guinea pig yeah <laughs> so it was fun it was fun yeah, yeah. N- not easy I'm not saying that it's easy it's yeah. extremely difficult uh, lots of screaming screaming from within screaming literally you know <laughs> but yeah 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 we, we went we went past that and then yeah I think as a for her age group I, I believe no other parent child has gone through that kind of um, conflict and then after that, uh, become friends again. That, that kind of relationship. So I, I feel that our, our relationship is really matured mm. in this sense. So because of the conversation that we engaged her in, even when she was just three, four years old. Mm. Yeah, because she saw exactly what's happening when I'm working. Yeah. So even when I have some conflict issues with customers, uh, undercurrent and all that, she witnessed everything. 
and then uh, behind the scene we will explain to her why we did this why we did that oh yeah. that's the that's the mm. best thing about that because sometimes she'll ask me why this auntie every time she leaves the shop every auntie talk about her <laughs> <laughs> so this is a very adult world yeah, and yeah. she's it and she's confused uh, and she asked yeah she, she was, to her it's like we shouldn't we be talking to each other means we are friends means we, we should be nice to each yeah, other yeah, yeah. but why is it that the moment she leaves her table people will start talking about her <laughs> oh, I love that yeah. curiosity wow. yeah so that observation to me was uh, very precious mm. yeah at least she took notice yeah and she asked and it gave me an opportunity to explain correct yeah so I, I think that's important so I think very often especially in today a lot of our children uh, grow up very protected. So they become uh, weaker in mm. socialising. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say they are antisocial or what, no, because there are some who are brilliant, there are some who are just a bit more awkward. But uh, overall, I feel that um, if you are more observant, you tend not to take things for granted. Mm. Yeah. The thing I hate most about a lot of uh, youngsters nowadays is Either they are so really so oblivious because they've been so protected, or they are simply very self-centered and therefore take things for granted. Mm. Yeah. So this is the last thing I want to see in my kid. Yeah. Yeah. So it's important to be observant, to be empathetic, and then we we learn from there, lah. Yeah. yeah. She's mm. she's amazing. Mm. Uh, and I love that we we touch upon uh, your daughter. Uh, because we, we, we did uh, we were able to experience uh, being with her you know being mm. in, the, in the studio as well and well me more of the the playing Play part, part. <laughs> <laughs> when 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 I when I'm when I outs, uh, outside the room and she mm. would go out and we would just like kid around mm. and, and things like that so I, I enjoyed that interaction so let me go back to the the time that you've decided that okay teaching is not really for me like you know like they they were pushing you to be uh, head of department and then say yeah. okay and so what happened during that period and then your transition into starting not the mm-hmm. I remember uh, when I did a little bit of research on you is that you, you took did you research on me yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had I hired some investigators oh, yeah, and then, yeah. <laughs> um, you, you took a, a year off if I remember yes. correctly something mm-hmm. like that so yeah, yeah. so walk, walk us through like what happened you know when you decided okay this yeah. is not for me I think the lowest point of my life. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So far, but thus far, the the lowest point of my life would be the time when I was deciding to leave my job as a teacher. Mm. Yeah. So uh, it was a struggle because, like I said, I I'm I'm performing, and then uh, my family think that it's only normal. You see, you're well educated. We bring you up with a good degree. You should carry you have on. A job. Yeah. Yes. Full stop. And that time I just got married So it doesn't help that I have an in-law To answer to at that time So it's like from one family to account for You have two families to account for at that time Um, So I knew I was very unhappy Then at one point It was so bad that when I'm teaching Nobody knew anything wrong with me I was functioning perfectly But when I go home I step into the shower I started crying And I don't know why Yeah So much It was I can't even rem- remember for how long that wow. Edward didn't know as well because it only happened in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it was really bad until one day I told Edward, say, no, I think I need a break. Mm. I definitely need a break. I still remember it was sometime in September. 
and it was uh, the timing was very bad. I would say very bad or very good because uh, it was just after the September break. Mm. Yeah. So if it had happened during the September break, September break, a lot of things would have been easier. Mm. But it happened after the September break. So when I needed a one week break, because um, I told you I am someone who always very clear of what I want. Yeah. So I told Edward I need one week break. So what should I do? And then we were like, okay, we thought it's as simple as I go to a doctor and I get an MC, MC. for a week and yeah. that's it. Because yeah. as teacher, we can't apply leave. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to the doctor, that's what I did. I went to the GP. Uh, I, at that time, I was so unhappy. I wasn't thinking straight, I think. <laughs> so I told the guy, me, I don't know, I'm sorry, not guy, me. I told the doctor, uh, look, um, I'm not sick, but I need a break from my work. So I need five day MC. Can you give me? <laughs> of course he say no. Hello. <laughs> yeah, and that poor doctor, I still remember, young lad. <laughs> I was like so unhappy with him. I said, why not? Then he said, um, because we cannot just give you MC because yeah. you are medically fit. Yeah, yeah. I said, but I'm mentally not fit and I need the break. And yeah. the school doesn't let me take five day break. Yeah. And then, so I think MC, yeah. Yeah. Uh, people can come in with headache. Okay, now I tell you I got headache. Can you give me headache? <laughs> <laughs> so it was very funny. Then eventually, it was going nowhere. <clears throat> and then eventually, I asked him, okay, look. So eventually, he gave in. He said, the most I can give you is two J's yeah. because of your migraine history. Uh-huh. And then uh, later, uh, after two days, if you still think you still need, a, come uh, you come back. Then I look at him. you kidding me, right? That means you cannot give me five days, but I can come today, you get give two me two days. days. On the third days. day, you give me three days, so I get my five days, is it? And he said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was so furious. I was so angry because at that time, I was so angry with the system precisely because of all these red tapes. Mm. And here I am seeking help, and this doctor also give me red tapes. So I was so furious. And then Edward was like, I have can can take la take take. Okay. So that was what I did, you know, today MC and then but um I'm very lucky my, my husband knewing the situation. That time I took the break. Of course he didn't want to leave me alone at home, so he brought me <coughs> to my mom's place. Mm-hmm. But during that five days when I was away from school, he actually um didn't tell me at first, so he actually went to the school and speak to my RO. Mm. Mm. And to tell her the situation because he feels that he's never seen me in this state before. Mm. So he feels that I needed something yeah. and was uh, just opening up the conversation and telling my RO that uh, most likely when I come back the following week, I will be speaking to her. So mm. just to preempt her uh, so that we can yeah, start the conversation. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that was it. So yeah, when I was at my mom's place, uh, I felt very, um, I think the thing that leads me towards that stage of my life was that I felt deprived of my creativity. Even though I was an art teacher, I was doing my students' work. I was, in a way, project managing my students' work. So I had brilliant millions of ideas for my students. Um, My students always produce good results at O-level and all that. Uh, But it's always students' work. (coughs) I had zero work of my own. So much and really so, bothered you. Yes, and I didn't know. It, it just start to, mm. yeah, it only start to sink in when I was away from school. Mm. Yeah. So the first day, immediately, I told my mom, I want to make something from scratch. Baking, cooking, whatever, lah, just from scratch. From nothing, I want to make something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then she's like, of course, 
my mom being that generation, they don't, he does, she doesn't know what I was yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, you want to cook? You go and buy something and cook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I just went around my old room, her room, and then I found this bag of old yarns and all that. And I said, you want this? Then she's like, oh, you tell her, I'm not doing anymore. So then I took out and then I just flipped through her file. I found this small project. Then I asked her, you think I can finish this in one week? Then she said, oh, I don't know, I can't, uh, it's up to you, right? So, uh, okay, okay, I'll do this. I'll and choose what, the smaller size. What, what are you pointing at? Uh, I was this pattern, it was this pattern. It's of the small, the, it's a, small yeah. what do you call that, top. dress? It's a blouse, oh, it's a blouse. Yeah, it's a blouse. Yeah, it's a blouse for a kid. And then it looks simple enough. So I said, okay, I'm going to do this. So I asked her, you have enough yarn for this? <laughs> then she's like, okay, small, small should be enough. So she dig out some yarn that she has the most. And I started knitting. <clears throat> yeah, so, and in fact, I again uh, performed beyond my expectation. <laughs> I finished that in three days. Mm. Yeah, so by the time I finished the three days, um, I knew I need to leave. Yeah, I, yeah, I knew for that, that by the third day, I, I wow. need to leave. Yeah. Wow. And, mm. and, and, and just to cut your story uh, mm. a bit, um, I read in one of the articles that I found uh, some of your stories is that mm. this guy that when he knits, it's like very uh, meditative, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's like meditation to him. Mm-hmm. And so was that the same for you during that three days when you were doing that? No, it was more, I feel. It was more? Yeah, because that three days um, made me realize a lot of things that I missed out in my life while I was contributing to my students' life, so to say. Yeah. As noble as it sounds, but um, I feel that we all need to be quite selfish at some time of our life because if you are dysfunctional, how do you expect to help others? Yeah. Well, I was dysfunctional. I, I knew I was dysfunctional by then. I, I, I remember this uh, yeah. very good analogy. Yeah. In, uh, have you 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 just went to Russia, so you you've uh, taken a plane before, and they they always have this like safety uh, instructions mm. before the flight, right? And one of the the things that they say is that when uh, you know there's a problem and they're gonna land or crash land, or emergency land, whatever, then the this um, the air, bag, air the oxygen oxygen mass, mass will drop <clears throat> and. Um, if you have a child with you, you gotta help yourself first. Yes. Mm. Yeah. You help yourself first, and then you help mm. the child. And mm. I, that analogy is uh, mm. the one that I can think of when you talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. So at that point of time, I because even though I, I said I'm a visual learner, I watched my mom doing it, and I could do it almost immediately. Um, there are still some parts that I need help with. So yeah. every now and then, I'll ask her, and she'll show me. So, well, I remember one instant when she was just showing me. It struck me how distant I have distanced myself away from my mom for the past five years Mm. because of my work Mm. as a teacher. And eventually, after um, I got attached and I got married. So, immediately after I got married, of course, I shifted out of my house. So, all these things just start happen and happen and you became further and further away from your mom without realizing it. Mm. Yeah. So at that moment, I realized that, hey, I've lost so much, you know, this teaching job. And then I knew for sure if I were to continue, I probably won't even have the guts to have my own kids. Yeah, really that extreme. Because I've heard my colleague 
uh, seeing it herself. One day I was at a staff lounge with one of my colleagues who, yeah. who was a math, math teacher. Um, fantastic teacher, amazing lady, very helpful lady. She's one of the most inspiring teachers for a couple of years. So that kind of teacher. Yeah. So after school, we were in a staff lounge and we were just drinking coffee and talking. And then she was looking at her phone and then she shake her head. So I'm like, hey, what happened? What's wrong? So she's like, mm, sometimes life is so ironic, she told me. Uh, here she is, make her students stay back for extra classes to prepare for exam. And then the students choose to come and forget to do homework, forget to bring textbook, never do this, never do that. And she has to be doing everything else except the extra lesson part. Yeah. yeah. But there she, then her son texts her, her son who was in primary five at that time, a math question. Mom, I don't know how to do this. And she's not there to help her son. Mm. Yeah, and she knew by the time she reached home, it's dinner time, and then her son would be so tired and want to sleep. She couldn't help. Mm. And then she, she's saying that, would it be very um, uh, very mocking uh, if I start to engage math teach tutor for him? <laughs> 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 she's the best math teacher. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. 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 So, so that, that's kind of stuck in me. So I knew if... if um, Teaching is a calling, it's a very noble calling, you know, you have to give and give. Uh, then I think maybe if you want to choose this path, then don't, don't have kids of your own. <laughs> so that was, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Thinking, uh, yeah. So that, that was the struggle that I was going through. It's very ironic, but mm. it, it's like that, yeah. So because every time after work, I'm so zombie, I'm like a zombie. Yeah, to the extent that it's written all over my face that it's don't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know, this whole day you are talking to people, trying to negotiate the things with yeah. your student and all that. So at home you just don't want to talk to anyone. So, so that, that was one big thing that made me realize that uh, I need a break. Yeah. I wasn't sure that if I want to leave teaching for good, but I was sure I needed a break. Break. Yeah, and I knew it must be an extreme measure, otherwise I will not get my break. Just like my doctor trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So on the fourth day, I went back home. I remember the third day, Edward came, picked me up, we went back home. I went to dig into my bank account. So I look, 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 look. Then that night, I showed him my saving. This is my saving. Can I rest for one year? <laughs> yeah, so of course he said yes. What can he say, right? Can you yeah. say no? <laughs> So that, that that was the that was the deciding moment, mm. but it's like when we don't know when is a good time because by then it was September. Yeah, uh, I had to see through my students Until for the exams December. and all that. Mm. So many things happened. Many things happened. I wanted to leave in the following year March, but many things happened. Very long story. Then eventually makes me realize that enough is enough. So I tender on in November. So that the last day was on the December. So the new calendar year, I'll be out. Mm. Yeah. So, but one thing worth mentioning is that uh, when when a series of events happened and made me really pissed off, and I realized, and I told myself, I'm going to tender today. Interestingly, when I was telling Edward about it, I literally at over dinner, I literally whip out the resignation form from my bag. So he's like, wow. How long has this been sitting in your bag? <laughs> and yeah, really, it has been in my bag for the longest time. Wow. I didn't even realize when. Wow. But I just didn't do it. Mm. Yeah. So much so that when I finally say, okay, enough, today is the day, I just have to take it out. Yeah. Yeah, it's just there. 
And then I remember when I was filling in a form, I, I felt so sad, you know, because when I'm, I'm teaching, when I'm giving to the organisation, I'm giving to the society, I have to work so hard to justify for everything, every goodness that I'm contributing. Mm. It's like everything you need to justify why you do that. Yeah. And when you score a student or when you punish a student, you need to justify that. Mm. Everything needs justification. But when I want, after giving so much, when I decide that I cannot contribute anymore, yeah. I want to leave, my resignation form is just an A4 size form. <laughs> this is how much they uh, treasure me, I feel, as a human being. And I think it's wrong. Because mm. for my work review, in order to get my good uh, bonus, so to say, yeah, you know, get, get my good performance, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I need to write pages and pages of things to justify for things that I've been doing every day with or without the bonus, correct? Yeah, yeah. But yet when I need to leave, you give me one A4 size, one page, literally one-sided, one page. And the column reason for departure is like so tiny, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> I don't even know what to write. Yeah, so I just feel that this is the way they treat teachers are wrong. Not just teachers, I believe. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's in general. Yeah. yeah. So how, how, how you, you really feel that you are not important when you decide to leave? Mm, there's mm. a very good distinction. Yeah. So to me, that, that is, uh, okay, enough. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that pretty much defined the, uh, subconsciously, even, I guess. Even the form, you were angry with the form? Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was so angry with a lot of things, really, truly. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I, I just feel so stupid. Every time I feel unwell, I struggle to take MC because yeah. I knew I had this lesson, this lesson, this lesson, and someone else going to cover my ass when I'm not there. Mm. But... Uh, yeah, what's the point? When now I'm really sick, no one can help me. Yeah. And no one's willing to help me. Yeah. So that was it. So that, that was like the... Uh, in a way, it was a good closure as well. Mm. So after that, uh, the irony is, again, lots of irony in life. So after I attended, <coughs> two weeks after I attended, I received a phone call from the weirdest place I ever expected from Singapore Chinese Girls School. Mm. Yeah, uh, which is a good school in secondary school. Yeah. Uh, and then um, they called me up and it's the VP who called me up. I'm like, hmm, how did they get my number? Anyway, she just went straight to the point and said, can you come for an interview? I said, what interview? Said, uh, I understand that you just tendered and you're not going to teach in secondary school anymore, but we need an O-level art teacher. Would you like to fill this in so I was like huh interview when then she's, he ga she gave me the date which was a Friday just before school reopened that yeah so I thought oh, okay well, why not hmm. yeah so th and that was like two weeks after I tender so I went there for an interview so I would ask me what do you expect out of it I said I don't know uh, I also don't know what I expect out of it and then uh, so she asked me do you prepare for an interview no so I, I don't even know what to expect out of it because I didn't apply for the job. Yeah. Yeah. So the only thing I did was I remember when I went there, they asked me to fill out a form as usual for the application. Then there's one part that says expected salary, hourly salary. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I really don't know what to fill in. So I called my friend who was a freelance music teacher with some good schools as well and private school. And I called, hey, hey how, should, how much should I put? Nah? Then she told, he told me, after he was teaching privately for about five years already. And he was teaching uh, music. So he told me he, his rate is $90 per hour. 
So I was like, wow, so good. Ah. <laughs> Seriously, because when I was a teacher, if you were to divide the number of wow. hours, I'm paid peanuts, okay? So I couldn't believe my ears. 90? I said, no wonder you're so rich. <laughs> so I said, okay. So I think to myself, okay, I'm considered inexperienced, so I discount a bit. And I asked myself, how much do I want the job? I was like, I actually don't need the job, right? Because I wanted to take a break. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. So I put 80 long, I put 80 per hour. I, that's what I put. So I went for interview. I remember there were six people interviewing me for O-level teacher. So I was a bit pissed off, especially with one of the in the uh, one of the person there, because he was like, You mean you come here without your portfolio? I said, What portfolio do you want? Uh, then he's like, uh, you're here per, apply for O-level teacher, right? You should have a portfolio of your own. <clears throat> so I was thinking to myself, Come on. Yeah. I left teaching because I don't have a portfolio. <laughs> right. Yeah, I want I oh, knew yeah. I, exactly. I knew, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's the exact reason why I quit. And then now you ask me for a portfolio. Hello. So I'm like, yeah, I just came here. Anyway, you called me only two weeks ago, so I didn't have time to prepare. So I just come here. And then he showed me this file. Super thick. It must be about 15 cm thick of paper. And she told me, these are the portfolio of the people who has come to interview for this job. Yeah. So I remember feeling very insulted because mm. you called me here. Yeah. I didn't exactly. apply. Yeah. What's there to brag about? Yeah. yeah. So I said, yeah, I quit. So uh, I plan to take one year break. So uh, you call me. So I, here I am. Yeah. yeah. So I got no portfolio. Then the VP asked me, so um, can you promise us distinction for our girls O-level? So I told her, I cannot, because I haven't seen your girl yet. Uh, although I produce results, but because I haven't seen your girl yet and I'm going to teach the O-level class, I have less than eight months to work on them, I cannot promise all A. So it's really up to the girls. Mm. So I walk out of the room thinking that I won't get a job already. So mm -hmm. I told Edward, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> but surprisingly, not surprisingly, on Sunday night, Sunday night, I remember it was like 8, 9 o'clock. I was watching TV. The phone rang again. It was the VP. Betsy, can you work tomorrow? And I started. Uh. <laughs> yeah, and I get paid 80 per hour. I'm very happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so that, to me, that was a very strange experience. Mm. I quit teaching. But somehow the universe decides that I still need to teach. Mm. Or, or rather, I'm not done yet with teaching. Mm -hmm. So uh, that, that three years I had with SEGS was amazing. Uh, it, it shows full potential of what an art educator could do, I feel. This piece of artwork yeah. done by my first batch of SEGS girls. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, okay, mm. so Betsy yeah. is now pointing to a uh, huge mm. artwork. Uh, I'll take a picture of it and then post it. <laughs> the, yeah. Yeah. So, to me, it's not just. Um, uh, actually, when we are healthy, I feel, as a whole, yeah. there's so much we can give. Mm. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Mm. Yeah. For so, sure. so, this is just one of a few other ex students who has pursue art professionally now and we are still in touch yeah so that was SCGS so um, yeah so I, I told I always think it's very strange <clears throat> MOE has the resources <clears throat> to get the best teacher of all but yet everything somehow pushes people away or, or how should I put it I feel that our corporate system like to push people away when they are truly 
giving and they are they truly have something to contribute yeah but uh, in return they, they want people who are submissive who follow instruction who don't question the system and so everything is okay mm. you know, just move on and on yeah, yeah you just follow suit so it's kind of sad, lah. So that's why you, we, I find that our system is always going in circle. They have new policies, yes, and new initiatives, yes. But somehow it goes, it always goes back to the same thing. So we're yeah. walking in circle. That's yeah. how I feel. Yeah, mm. and then, well, and that's yeah. how uh, this system creates mm. entrepreneurs. <laughs> and so yeah, yeah, three years, and then mm. after the three years. Um, Actually, the three years I was still doing the Naughty Big C. I started mm-hmm. this meeting mm-hmm. thing because after oh, so it's it's concurrently um, concurrently okay yeah. So I'm super grateful because uh, teaching in SEGS sort of gave me at least some form of income, mm. and then I can really do uh, I can really play around in my playground at Naughty Big C. Yeah yeah. So we started off by making because it was end of year, so I started making Christmas stockings and all that. Yeah. So every time I cover table rental, cover taxi, cover lunch, I'm very happy, and then we celebrate <laughs> with my mom. That is. Then, in come December, my mom was asking, "Eh, December already, you know? Christmas going to be over soon, eh? So what are you going to sell next month, ah?" <laughs> Mm. So we truly had no idea. So it was really playing around. But I remember the time that I table, I had a mascot. And then we make clothes for the mascot. So there are customers who ask, hey, do you make clothes for babies? Huh? Do you make clothes for uh, shoes for babies? And we're like, hey, why not? Huh? So I did a lot of uh, booties, baby mm. booties. So that's how we started. Yeah. And then everything just happened from there. From play, 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 for fun. I was going pop-ups and everything. At one point, it was so bad that... Um, I was at pop-up selling and making and my mom would be home making. Yeah. And then my so much so that my dad had to call me up one day and say, Hey, I think you need to pep talk with your mom. I said, Why? I, say, he, I think she's very stressed making your booty. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess my dad gonna uh, at home because she, <laughs> she was rushing booties and all that for yeah. me. Yeah. So uh so nothing yeah. big C started as a retail. Yes, oh, as a retail. retail. Ah, interesting. Yeah. One whole year we were making nonstop. Yeah. And then uh, I had a friend who was printing packaging for me. So at first I thought, wow, so expensive, print a box. I, I remember for putting it down five thousand dollars for the packaging. Wow. Because because of the shape, you need to have a die cut. So he explained to me that it doesn't make sense if I just make one or two. Uh, so, so in the end, I remember I made about, thou- uh, about thousand five or 2,000 pieces. I can't remember. That was the first order. Wow. So when I ordered that, my parents looked at me, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> I say, I don't know. Like, because I, I don't know why I would part with that sum of money, but I just did it. Yeah. Yeah. Then after that, um, before then we just carry on what we are doing. And then one day, eh, box running out. So I called my friend again. Then my friend was like, huh? You want more? Ah? Then he said, wait, ah, wait. Ah. Then I remember hearing him turning through his paper and all that. Then he said, wow, you doing well? Huh? I said, is it? <laughs> because I'm very bad with numbers, accounting and all that. So he said, do you know that the last time you ordered from me was exactly one year ago? Yeah, the invoice date says one year ago. Wow. Yeah. That means in one year, you used up 2,500 Boxes that. Eh? <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was a sudden realization. Eh? Yeah, it not can bad. be a business. Not bad, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that that was the first uh, report book for me in a way for Naughty Big C. Because for the longest time we thought we were just doing it low mm. income, you know, just for fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Didn't know the numbers until that 
that thing. And I know sometimes people order two pairs, sometimes order two things because yeah. I was making small things as well. Yeah. So I knew I sold more than two thousand five hundred pieces. Yeah. That was a report card. So that was quite <laughs> motivating. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. In a year. Yeah, and then that time uh, we start to be approached by magazine, Straits Time, and even radio station. So um, before that, my dad will always ask my mom to pep talk me. Uh, are you sure we're going to do this for life? You know that kind of thing. But ever since I started appearing on magazines, on newspapers, uh, my dad started asking. Yeah. Uh, in fact, he was so happy. I remember I was with uh, uh, no no Ada yet. I was with Edward in Hokkaido for our holiday one day. So third day or so, suddenly he called me, my dad. Do you know that you're on paper? Your picture very big. Eh? <laughs> took a picture for your street sign. It was an interview that uh, I had with street sign, but yeah. at that time I didn't tell him yet. Mm. So when the news article came out, I was not in Singapore. It was in 2015. Oh, wow, you know, I, I don't yeah. even know that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, the article wasn't about me. But I yes. think the picture was attractive enough, so it was mm. the biggest picture. It was a, it was a mm. um, combination of uh, different people doing yes. yeah, these mm. crafts. Yeah. yeah, and that time was, uh, it was a new upcoming thing in Singapore. Yeah. Yeah. So it was funny because um, that time no smartphone, so we don't check our emails and all that. Yeah. So when my dad called me, he said, go and check your email, your hotel sure can check email. So I went to check email. So, wow, my my mailbox was full. Because <laughs> after the article, people start emailing me and wow. and all that. But you and I know yeah. that doesn't represent ROI. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just yes. a lot of flies and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so, but that was uh, that, that was the beginning of things picking up and giving me the assurance that this can be done now uh, with some form of system. Mm. Mm. So that's when I started teaching, and the rest is history, uh. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And mm. now it's uh, 13 years and uh, mm. still going. Yeah. Amazing. Mm. Going strong. Yeah. Amazing. And and so with that 13 years of experience uh, in business, uh, what would you say would be your biggest challenge or struggle mm. in the business? I think the biggest challenge is uh, every now and then you get self doubt. Yeah. Especially solopreneur like us, mm-hmm. uh, it's like you ask yourself um, because we we I I grew up knowing that I study hard so that I have a backup, yeah, like backup plan. Yeah, yeah. So I always think if I were teaching, I would get this Much. every month. Yeah, yeah. So why am I here? It's not like I work less hours. I work equally hard. Sometimes even longer hours. Even hour. longer, yes. But why is my pay a fraction of that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So sometimes you that kind of self doubt. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, it doesn't help when sometimes even customers they know they walk through my studio door and then they will look around. Then they will start. Especially last time when I was still operating from home, some customer was asking me. What is your husband working at? Mm. So at one point he was an engineer. So when I said engineer, so they will go like, oh, no wonder. <laughs> then I will keep asking, oh, what, what does she mean by no wonder? <laughs> I, I really want, what, what does she mean? Does, is, does she mean that my husband earned a lot? Or does she mean what? I really don't understand yeah. what, that question, what that remark was about. But 
yeah, it's all these small little interaction with people that make you self doubt. Mm. Yeah, it's like why are you here? Why are you doing this? And especially at that time when I had no Ada yet. Mm. It was just me and Edward and I was home most of the time. Uh, but I'm a very disciplined person, like I said. So I remember every Monday morning for three hours, I'll sit in front of the computer and I'll be blogging. At that time, it was blog. Oh, blog yeah. was yeah, a huge yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'll write, I'll pen down at least three to four blogs and I'll uh, set the date for publishing so that throughout the week, I'll have new blog posts. Yeah. So I'll be editing photo and all that. Three, three to four hours every morning. And then after that, I will be doing my laundry, my housework, whatnot. Mm. And then Tuesday onwards, I mean, basically the rest is like in between uh, classes, pop-ups and production of my own work, that kind of thing. So it's very routine, disciplined life. I never felt once that I'm not working. In fact, that one year break never happened. I was so busy. <laughs> I was working on my booties late into the night, past midnight. Yeah, See, I never took a break, seriously. Yeah, yeah. So that break never happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so we were just doing all these things. And then, uh, so blogging in a way helps. So it helps you pen down things and help you, um, in a way, keep record of what you've been doing. Mm. So it's a form of assurance for yourself. Yeah, yeah. like a journal. Yes. Yeah, like a so when I post pictures of my classes, post pictures of my commission pieces, I'm like, oh, I've achieved this in this week. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And I'm happy. Uh, even though I work late into the night, I feel that I still can go. It's mm. not like in the past, by 6 p.m., I'm totally zapped out. Yeah. I couldn't do anything anymore. So, okay, I told myself that that's the thing. Yeah. So. For solopreneur, I think the biggest challenge is discipline. Oh, that, yeah, that's another mm, one. Yeah. yeah. Then after discipline comes this self-doubt mm. that can spiral down if, yeah. you, if you don't talk to yourself, you don't talk to people. So for yeah. discipline, and, uh, so you just mm. said that you're very disciplined. Mm. Uh, the discipline part, is, I think I, that's, that's my <laughs> challenge. Uh, self-doubt. Mm. So how, mm. how did you overcome it? You know, like, every time it, it mm. comes up? Uh, when it comes up, I try to ask myself, yes, I get pay cut, I don't get to spa, I don't get to travel as much, I don't get to do this, do that, but what did I get to do? Mm. You look at the other spectrum. Mm. It's like, uh, I'm, my home is always clean and neat and presentable. It's always show, <laughs> always showroom quality. <laughs> I, I think if I don't, anyone without a maid who is working, it's impossible. Yeah, so I give credit for that. And I have a lovely pet bunny at that time. Yeah. And then my mom is always at my house hanging out. Uh, I'm always hanging out with my parents. I sometimes can cook and invite them over to my house for dinner. Yes. So I believe uh, I'm a happy housewife. Mm. So I remember alongside with my business blog, I had this uh, other blog I called the Not So Desperate Housewife. <laughs> 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 that I believe in your research you didn't find. No, no, <laughs> yeah, that's a private blog, but it's still there. Yeah. Okay. So I remember that one I blogged. Uh, uh, I, I did start blogging, blogging for a while, but I officially tell people about it only at the end of the year as a birthday gift to Edward. Mm. Yeah. It's actually to document the things that I've been able to do mm. because of this one year of not teaching. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, so that helps put things into perspective a lot for ourselves, also as a family. That's nice. Yeah, so I think that's important. Mm. That's, that's mm. nice. 
Yeah. <laughs> and and, and uh, yeah, so that looking at whatever you so would you say that's kind of like um, like a grateful exercise, you know, appreciation exercise. Oh like, yes. Like what you have now mm-hmm. instead of you know. Mm. Nice. Okay. Mm. Cool. And what would say so besides discipline because you mentioned that already what would you say is one of the best traits an entrepreneur can have well you know a solopreneur can have mm. uh, I think the uh, the skill set we must have is actually the ability to envision mm. <coughs> the visualization is very important for me I remember um, waking up one morning when I was in Boogies, uh, oh. when uh, my shop, my yes. studio was still in Boogies, Boogies and I was homeschooling at that, right? Yeah. So I remember one of those, one day I woke up um, remembering this vision that I had when I started Naughty Big C. Yeah. And it was so close to that vision. Mm, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's not exactly the same physically, but it's the feeling and the vibe that I get from it. I remember the vision was actually waking up in the morning. I, I envision myself waking up in a caravan, opening up the window and all that, setting up things, and then it's almost like I'm ready to serve breakfast to my customer, oh, that kind of feeling. Yeah. And Edward is in the kitchen, yeah. also helping on the kitchen, yeah. and then at the back of my caravan is a shelf full of uh, those uh, amigurumi toys that I'm making out that yeah. and it was a very colorful vision mm. so I was thinking, it's so close to boogies I've done it uh, <laughs> yeah so I think the the visualization is important mm. and the anchoring point is important and then anchoring point uh, once we set the target so okay. you, you know what's the most important mm. yeah so the anchoring point for me was to have something that my family could share and be very involved in so as long as I have that uh, I think I'm on the right track Okay. Yeah. So the anchoring point, uh, let, um, if I understand it correctly, mm. is just to to keep you grounded. Uh, or, yes, I yeah, think so. Something mm-hmm. like that. Okay. Mm. Okay. So uh, whatever, whatever happened, as long mm. as it still fits this purpose, sole yeah. purpose. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's mm. that's nice. Yeah. And and so, yeah. Wow. Okay. So overall, well, what would probably your biggest learnings from running a business? Biggest learning, uh. mm. like if you can give an ad, you know, if you we are we have a class of you know young kids mm-hmm. now who wants to be entrepreneur, what would you say uh, and that's, share to them? Uh, that that there's so much to learn actually. There's so much to learn. Yes, so I, I guess the most important thing is to never be afraid to learn. Mm. Yeah, so. Um, what does what does learn mean? New things, new ground, things that you've never done before, mm. things you never think you've ever done. Mm-hmm. Uh, just try it, lah. I mean, open mind. Yeah, open mind is important. Cliche, right? But yeah, but so true. But yeah, <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah. So and I think the other thing is uh, that I treasure a lot. As a as a solopreneur these thirteen years is yeah. uh, be in touch with your inner child. Yeah, this glass thing, my Moscow trip recently. Yes, is not new. I almost went to Sydney to learn glass blowing during my uni days. 
Oh, is it? Yeah, but my practical, the practical, the practical pixie side of me told me nah, so I didn't go. Oh. Uh, guess what? Fast forward 20, 30 years later. Yeah, it. I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah, so it's really revisiting things that uh, be, be play, always be have a playful mind, to to and playful heart, mm. to always do things that, yeah, you always wanted to do, just do it. So some people may think, well, how can you have a young kid primary school? Oh, a lot of my students will say, cannot my kids go to school? Mm. Uh, this all that. I said it's only four days. Yeah, then you say, yeah, very pity, huh? go Moscow four days only, go all the way there. I say, so what? But I've, I've done it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so who says you go Europe and go two weeks? Yeah, yeah. Do what? I can who go says, four yeah. days. Yeah. According to who? Yeah, right? I, I, I achieved it and I did what? The agenda is met. That's most important. So I think the value of things, like, I think being a solopreneur makes me realize the value of things more. It's not the quantity, it's the quality. And we ourselves define the relevance and the value of things around us yeah. and then as long as you are in, you, as long as you are clear of what is important to you yeah. and you never lose sight of that and always go back to this point and yeah that's how you how you keep focused mm, I think wow love it mm. <sighs> yes yeah. and then uh, I think that's that's the uh, a lot, uh, yeah, yeah. a lot of nice <laughs> stories and mm. learnings. Uh, I'm just so glad that I, you know, mm. was able to to hear that. Yeah. Uh, and before before we end the, the the interview, I ask a few questions mm. uh, and uh, just answer as honestly as you can. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you don't see that coming. It's not, it's not it's not controversial questions, but so, yeah. Okay. So first question: What are one or two books that made a huge shift in your perspective in life? Books. Yeah. Um, I know you don't like books, yeah, but maybe you, li person. you listen or you... Okay, I read a lot of children's books, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Uh, I read this Extra Yarns that I really like. Extra yeah. Yarns. Yeah, it's called Extra Yarns. Okay. So, uh, I like it because it, it has a very similar direction to what I envisioned when I was uh, conceptualizing this artwork, this mm. piece. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So it's about um, typical boring, dull, grey cityscape and then there was this girl and then uh, she was walking in the forest one day and then she chanced upon a magical box and she found colourful yarn. So that was the first time she see colours. Mm. Yeah, so she knitted with the yarns a sweater. So she was the only colourful person walking around the city and she was ostracised. Mm. But uh, she decided that, okay, since I'm the only one now, why not make everyone the same? So she started knitting things for her classmates. So slowly her grey classroom became the most colourful classroom and her grey school became the most colourful, mm -hmm. yeah, that kind of thing. So the story spread and then there was this prince who, who was very jealous of her colour and sailed along the sea uh, or the ocean to steal the box from her. But when he opened the box, the box was empty and he was very angry and threw the box away. So that's the story. So I, I, I think it goes down to what we've been talking about, the inner child in you mm -hmm. and the visualisation. The girl could visualize the potential of that box, yeah. whereas the prince couldn't. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's amazing. Mm. Children's book, see? Nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I, yeah. I, I, I took note of that and I'm probably gonna get that book as yes, well. Yes, yes, yes. Very it's nice. a nice book. Mm -hmm. uh, so, okay. Uh, mm. What's an unforgettable mm. failure mm -hmm. that created an unexpected opportunity or success? 
unexpected failure I as a 13 years or any your whole life I think the whole life was really the teaching part the teaching yeah. part I felt so I felt I, I felt so lost when I had to tender mm. I really feel feel that for the first time I felt big time mm. it's like everyone had high expectation for me I couldn't meet the expectation it was terrible yeah it was terrible yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. it resulted into naughty big yeah, yeah. Mm. imagine that yeah uh, what is what is one of your most worth worthwhile investment that you've ever made uh, this can be anything uh, money energy time um, learning people hmm. I think it's naughty big C naughty big C yeah because it's given me so much yeah mm. Mm. nice and so that's why you want to yeah. create a business <laughs> alright mm. um, and then uh, okay this one is very interesting mm. if you can travel back in time Mm-hmm. And only meet your 15-year-old self and give one advice. What would it be? Okay. <laughs> you know, this is... Um, I've asked myself this question before. So, mm. similar question. Nice, okay. And I realized... Uh, I, I didn't have an answer. Then I realized that um, I'm someone who don't believe in regrets. Mm. I, so, if you, knowing where I am now... I will still teach, choose NIE. I will still go through that horrendous years of teaching. I will still go through that verge of depression moment. Otherwise, uh, I will not be who I am, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So just watch. When you go there, just watch your 15-year-old self make uh, mm. whatever Yeah, all the foolish yeah. mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, so mm. again, uh, next question. Mm. What makes you feel alive? Alive? Oh, new things. New yeah. things. Yeah, I cannot be stagnant for too long. Mm. Yeah, so um, Naughty Big C actually up to three years ago, it was a bit stagnant for me. Because mm. like every day I'm teaching and all that. And then I don't have time and space to do my own work. So that's when I started to engage an apprentice. Yeah. But even apprenticeship takes time to train and nurture. Yeah. So uh, I'm glad I'm starting to see some results and my apprentice Joe has been really helpful. So that's why I could go Moscow. Uh-huh. Yeah, with yeah. her holding the fort and all that. And yes. people here loves her. Yeah. And she obviously loves hanging out here as well. Yeah. So yeah, so for the first time when I was in Moscow I remember telling myself first time in 13 years I feel that I'm not a solopreneur because I was still people are still buying yarns and materials people are still signing up for workshop while I'm away yes that's a nice feeling nice Mm. Uh, okay last two questions Mm. what does success look like to you success success don't have a shape or look success is a feeling Mm. I think yeah how you feel about yourself how you feel about your life Mm. That's no, I mean, no two person have the same sensation and vision of success. Yeah. Okay. Mm. And what does happiness look like to you? Happiness? Yes. <laughs> 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 no look. Nah. Happiness you feel, right? Yeah. Yeah. What does happiness feel for you? Um, when people, for, for many years already, when people ask me, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for birthday? 
nothing. Mm. You feel that you don't need anything. Mm. You feel that you everything you need, even things that you want, you have. Mm. Yeah, that's happiness. Mm. Nice. Mm. Thank you very much. Mm. It was such a pleasure. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Thank yeah, you, me Betsy. too. Thank yeah. you. Definitely another productive session. Another productive episode. Oh my god, so many things to learn from Betsy, right? Um, and you know, just just all the things that she shared about her learnings in her business. You know what what qualities you need to have if you want to be a successful entrepreneur or solopreneur for that matter. And uh, you know, and even if you don't take that away, even if you just take away one of the things that you said at, at the last part of this interview, which is, you know, to really be very clear on what's important to you. That alone, if you just take that alone, it, it's, it's already very good. It's already very good. And so, yeah, and, and you know, that Hitler thing, you know, that he's a watercolor uh, artist before she became, you know, who we know he is. And it, that, that's mind-blowing, right? And, and, and of course, the, the point is that uh, that I really got from that is really no one is born evil or good for that matter, right? So we, we, are, we are born as is and then whatever, um, what experience we have or environment we have, we definitely create and form particular beliefs and, and patterns in our lives and, and that's we become and so and and because it's just formed remember it's just formed it's just programmed we can definitely change it right we can definitely change it so one more thing i want to add is that um when i when i said at the at the intro that you know uh about being a millionaire or about being a billionaire then who who says you have to do that in order to be called successful. Of course, that's that's just a question, right? And and if you are someone who wants to to earn a million dollar, or you know, you want to earn, you want to become a billionaire, then of course it, it's okay to have that, as long as you are very very clear that that's what you want and that's important to you, you know. And uh, of course, based on every person that I. Um, met even if like they're very successful you know in in the business that they have or the career that they are doing and they they are quite you know well off uh, let's say you know like wealthy and maybe someone who is not so wealthy just still struggling and you know what I've noticed is that a lot of times a lot of times maybe about 99.99 percent of the time is that Really, money, money is just a tool to them. You know, it's not really what creates happiness for them. It's good to have money because we live in a society that, you know, requires that to to have that money and to to spend money in in order to live, survive, and thrive as well. Uh, but it's what the money is for, and that's what's important. That we have to be very, very clear. What is it for? Why do we want to have money? Where will you use it, you know? And so that's, that's I guess, one of the things that I want to share. And although this is uh, longer than usual, the, 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 the end of this, this uh, episode, I really think that it's important 
for you guys to, to really know and ask these right questions in your mind. All right? So until the next episode, think possibilities.